Hello, everybody. Welcome to Versus Pop Culture. My name is Richard. With me is Greg. Hello. And Johnny. Yes, sir. We are back again for another rousing edition of the Versus Podcast. <laughs> we we all look very, very caffeinated this morning. Said nobody. But I mean, I don't think we're able to make coffee on the uh, on the old homestead because we're not allowed to have electricity. I actually, uh, I have to tell you, uh, Gregory here uh, inspired me, and I have not had a soda or coffee in three weeks. Nice. Uh, the only thing I have had is <laughs> headaches. <laughs> uh, no, actually, no, I got past that pretty quickly. I've I've kicked caffeine before, like. Kicking caffeine is generally not very hard for me. My biggest issue is once you have kicked it, once you're like a month in and you're dragging ass that day and you're like, I guess I can have a Mountain Dew just to wake up. Like it has such a profound effect on you because your body's (laughs) no longer used to it that you're like, this is great. Get me four more Mountain Dews. Um. No, the, the only thing that I have had is I've, I've had uh, kombuchas. Uh, I, I drink about one a day. So that's – I know there's black tea and there's green tea in that. So there's a little bit of caffeine intake. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's um, it's been a bit of an adventure from, you know, like I, I am a little tired sometimes. Um, <laughs> but – Overall, I do actually feel a bit better not putting nearly as much sugar into my system. Oh, see, that's <clears throat> I don't put any in mine at all. Just because I know, like, it's <laughs> it <laughs> it's literally the worst thing you can put in your body. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Um, good for you, man. That's actually that's great. And don't worry because. <laughs> With me on the show, we are maintaining a great average for caffeine consumption. We're fine. <laughs> I am. I'm evening it out. Right, right now, the three of us have averaged two cups of coffee this morning. <laughs> yeah, and if you put Ashley into those numbers, we are through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm going to start with my bit of personal news. Uh, I did close on my old house this week. Uh, oh so- yes. My my free time has gone up exponentially. Um, you still pick nine a.m. The same. Yeah, actually, I, I well, I gotta go to a little town in Indiana called Burn to buy a couch today. Which is coincidentally the only thing they should do with any town in Indiana is burn. This is actually this is a neat little town. It's a um, it's a Swiss village in Indiana. Oh, cool. So it's probably, I mean, I've never been there, but it's probably like the French parts of Canada land um, where like when you look around, there's like stuff written in Swiss on different signs. And it's just like, wow, that's really weird because this is Indiana. Um, Everything in Canada has to have French and English. So it's everywhere, (laughs) which is really weird because it's almost like you, you learn it just through sheer exposure to it all the time. I could have used that in college because I took uh, college French. Oh, you and Ashley should talk. She took French as well. Uh, I mean, you guys don't learn Canadian. Like, you learn Parisian French, though, right? Like, you learn 
like France. I got and there is I, there I is learned, differences. What I learned is how to use Google Translate. That's what I learned. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's exciting, man. Um, and you're heading to pick up a couch. Like, is this an Amish store? Should I be calling ahead to use my family and friends discount for you? It is actually an Amish store. Um, <laughs> it, but we're not buying an Amish one. We're actually, funny enough, buying a Canadian couch from them. See, it's that Canadian lumber, man. They had to sneak it into the country somehow. We um we we went up, we went up a couple weeks ago, and it's kind of funny because this this place was pitched to us as being like an Amish town. So like my <laughs> wife lived where she used to live at, where she was like raised at, is about an hour from another Amish town. So she was like, "This is great. We're gonna go see the Amish. I love the Amish. I can't wait till we go to the Amish general store and the Amish bakery and the Am- Amish booker, the Amish butcher." And all that stuff. <laughs> and then we got there and it's not that like at all. It's, like, it's, yes, there, yeah. there is some Amish there. Like there's horse and buggy parking and there are horses and buggies that will drive by you. But for the most part, it is just a regular town. And there is like in this one little town in Indiana, there are literally five furniture manufacturers, including one mm. that is a straight up Amish furniture store or company. And then they sell directly to these like four stores. Okay. So it's it's an interesting little town. Uh, it's called Burn, Indiana. B E R N E. Um, Are they all socialists? I I have no idea. I <laughs> I will tell you there were a lot of people not wearing a mask. Um, so that was more than a little concerning when we went last time, but. Uh, thankfully the furniture stores are large and we can just avoid the hell out of those people. Well, that's exciting, man. I know, I know, I know you sent me a picture of the couch you were looking at. Is that the one that you're going with? Yeah. Oh, it's awesome, man. It's, it's beautiful. I mean, I don't know much about, I don't know. What's that line? Ashley uses it all the time. I don't know fuck about shit or shit about fuck. Yeah. What's the line? I think it's the last one. Um, so when it comes to furniture and stuff, like that is literally my only response, but Ashley's like, Oh, it's beautiful. And I'm like, Oh yeah, Richard should get it then. (laughs) No, I, um, it's actually funny because so we, we went there and I will fully admit that I am not, I was not prepared for sticker shock on couches because when we lived in our old house, I've bought two couches for that house. And the first one I bought at Ashley furniture and Ashley is not a brand I recommend. Um, okay. But like, it was like a $600 couch. And I was like, okay, $600 seems reasonable. And the second couch we bought was a lazy boy. And it was like a 12 or $1,300 couch. And I was like, cheese and rice. This lazy boy better have like gold stuffed in it or something. And like I was like, this is a really expensive couch, and the wife has decided for the new house that she wants a sectional. Mm. And so, like, we started walking around these furniture stores in Burn, Indiana, and like so many of them were like starting well above thirteen hundred dollars. <laughs> and I'm just like, who the hell pays two grand for a couch? Let's go to the next place. Yeah. 
And then we go to the next place, and it's like they're starting at three thousand dollars. I'm like, okay, who pays three thousand? Let's go back to the last place. Yeah, let's go to the next place. They said the next place has great prices. But what we ended up finding was this one place. This brand is a national brand. Uh, it's called Decorest. And what we ended up finding out was uh, they're sold here in Ohio. And so I called around with the model we were looking at to a bunch of Ohio places, and they all wanted like between 50% more and double what the place in Indiana wanted. So you went back to Indiana and went back to the first place, and that's where we settled. We're like, sometimes the first one is the best one, and that's what we're doing. Yeah, basically, it's just like, wow, we could have saved a lot of time if I just did price comparison while we were sitting in the store. Well, but like the thing is, I mean... There's things that you always spend more on because of the amount of time that you're going to right. spend with it. It's, it's your bed, it's your shoes, and for the three of us, it's probably a couch. <laughs> no, you're you're right because I I do I spend a decent amount of time on the couch, and the six hundred dollar couch was a terrible investment. It yeah. was it. I mean, literally, we bought well, that couch was delivered. Uh, shortly before Julie was delivered. Uh, <laughs> and it was replaced by her third birthday. Okay. So it was just like, oh, well, this is literally the worst thing I've ever bought. Um, and the second couch, uh, honestly, we probably would have been happy to carry on to our next house, uh, right. except for the fact that it is a freaking couch. <laughs> and I would have to store it for six months or so. Um, and it just came down to, okay, am I going to pay a hundred plus dollars a month for a storage locker to store this couch? Yeah. Or just get rid of it and buy a new couch. Why are you buying the couch now then? Uh, because furniture has really far lead times on it. Uh, and they'll hold on to it until it's time to deliver it. Yeah. I don't know what's asking. Uh, no, yeah, it's really weird. Like, because in part because of COVID and in part because of just life, um, furniture, when you order it, has lead times that go out by, in most cases, usually like two months to four months. And mm-hmm. right now, most places are more like four to six months. Yeah, and I I heard that we had friends that ordered a couch, and I think it took them over six months to get it. Yeah, I, so, I actually, mean it's that's that's pretty much par for the course at this point. I think I looked up reviews for this uh, Decorest company, and the only ones that were uh, negative were people who were complaining it was taking an extended time to get their couch. And this one, the place in Burn has them in stock, and will just hold it for us. Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome, man. That's really exciting. I mean, it's, it's, you're starting to, it's, it's, it's like you're building your Sims house finally. And now you get to like put the things in that you want to put in, which is fantastic. So like you you, you said you have the drywall meeting and stuff, hopefully coming up shortly. Um, How many rooms are you going to have some like cat eight cable run into? (laughs) You know, right now they, uh, apparently we only paid for one. Oh, so that's part of what I'm looking forward to doing in the pre drywall meeting is I I really I don't need it in a bunch of rooms. It's an open floor basement. So, you know, we can run it ourselves for the most part. 
uh, I would probably like to have one ran up to our bedroom. Yeah. But other than that, <clears throat> I'm, I'm honestly relatively fine. As long as I can have one dropped into my computer room. Yep. That's really all I care about. I, cause I want a direct run for my, um, my computer, because I mean, let, let's be honest on your cell phone. Do you need 500 megabit download? No, no, but it's nice. Yeah, I know. But I mean, <laughs> cell phones, there's very little that can actually push that. My computer will actually use that speed. My cell yeah. phone really won't. So yeah. my my two main things that I want to have hardwired are my gaming area and my office. And your main TV. Do you yeah. run the Wi-Fi well, on no, the TV or do I, you run hardwire? Wi-Fi on the TV. I, I mean, <clears throat> Really? Yeah, because it can pull 4K without an issue. 4K doesn't require a 500 megabit connection. See, what's funny is that I had to stop using the Roku for that reason. Because the stuff I was starting to watch, I was losing the sync between the audio and the video. That and I just, shouldn't... I, I, it's, it's so bad. I don't know if it's because it's a Canadian Roku or what, but like, man... <clears throat> that 30% exchange rate on uh, data it's, transfer is painful. It, it's the 30% exchange rate on audio video sync specifically. <laughs> You're such an asshole. <laughs> um, but like it's now I've just started running everything through the, the Visio apps and like, yeah. it's been fantastic. I can run 4k. It was really great. And neither one of you care about this, but my buddy loaded mighty ducks Two in 4k, yeah. which is impressive because that seems like a real deep cut for someone to be like, you know what we should upscale the second mighty ducks film, not the first, but the second. Um, and it looks fantastic. But if I try to watch it on the Roku, it just, there's like a three to six second delay on the audio. That and I'm probably like, has just... more to do with it being 4k than anything else. And the Roku's processing. So I'm just, I, I don't know. The Roku's no, I, nice. I think down the road it'll be a nice thing to have. That's what I use for MLB and NHL TV right now. But it doesn't do it on that. But they're also not that level of like actual transcoding going on. So, um, no, no that's, I mean, I, that's awesome, man. I mean, I'm happy that you're actually seeing some progress and you have a pretty good plan of how you want to get everything wired. I'm sure Greg's going to come over and be like... Wouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, Rich is pretty good at making those, those decisions, so yeah. I'll be all right with that. No, I, I'll, honestly, I'm going to judge him more on his networking gear than I would. <laughs> it's just going to be the drops. It's just going to be euros for the most part. So you judging, <laughs> Ju- judgy face, and I, it's happened. I, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm not against ubiquity, but I need something that Amy can handle when I'm not there if it doesn't work. Oh, God. And Ubiquity doesn't just have a quick app that you can open that clicks restart. That's true. I mean, I don't have to restart mine, so. I think my uptime is like 170 days or something. Uh, my era has actually been really good since I moved in here. Uh, I, I um, it was It's really weird. My parents have a really nice uh, Netgear Nighthawk router. Um, but for whatever reason, I guess we just overloaded it with a number of our devices plus their few devices because it ran like rear end uh, anytime we would hop on. 
so I actually just brought my network equipment over, my Eros, and I just went ahead and set them up along with their network. Um, and so there's two networks running in the house. And we all just operate off of my Euro equipment. Yeah, I have two networks in my room. My, nice. my uh, Wi-Fi 6 and then the AN one. Nice. And my, only my iPad and my my iPad and my iPhone are the only two that are on the Wi-Fi 6. Yeah, that's... Um, I, I had to buy a second Euro unit and I bought the Wi-Fi 6 one uh, because it was only like $20 more than the Wi-Fi 5 one. Uh, so yeah, same thing. My iPad and iPhone are running Wi-Fi six, and everything else in the house is running Wi-Fi five. <laughs> it's just the best. Never have issues with anything on my iPhone or iPad. I have issues with the other one, but general. It reminds me, I need to check my firmware, make sure it's up to date. Which is a reminder to everybody: update. Everything check once a month. Have it set to automatically do this. One of the biggest issues you're going to run into with your network is that you don't update anything, like me. <laughs> and then you got to call Greg and be like, "Hey, man, stuff's not working. What's going on?" Right. And all I hear is like the head hitting the desk, and he's like, "When is the last time you checked for updates?" Well, Greg, if I could answer that, you wouldn't be on the phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of updates. Little 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 bit of updating to some sports things in Cincinnati. Last night was a great night. Yes. Joseph Daniel Votto hit his 300th home run. Yep. I sang O Canada. <laughs> I feel like maybe that might not have gone over well in the house you were in. Oh, no. She loves Votto. Okay. But she also loves saying the name of the city where he's from and saying it incorrectly because she knows it like my skin just like <laughs> I cr- I cringe. He's from a place called Etobicoke. I was waiting to hear the the reiteration of how she says it from the other room, but it didn't happen. <laughs> okay, there 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 it is. There it is. Speak the devil's name. According um, to this, he was born in Toronto. So Yes, but he's from Etobicoke. Toronto has this really bad habit of just like pulling in surrounding cities and calling it what's referred to as the GTA, which is a greater Toronto area. He's, he's from Etobicoke. Don't get, don't, don't, don't worry. I know. (laughs) Yeah. That's like uh, when I went to Fort Worth the last time and everything was DFW. Yep. It's the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Yeah, like, which apparently includes Arlington. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they don't even get their own place anymore? They're just part of this? And you didn't get a choice? Yeah, because I drove... What kind of I, James Gunn slither bullshit is this? I drove by both Rangers parks. Yeah. <sighs> so no, it's... uh, Yeah, Joseph Votto. 300 home runs. All is a red, which is awesome. Like, that's... So that's that's a pretty big milestone. I mean, there's still a lot of people that hate Votto, that don't think he's worth the money that he's being paid. Does a milestone like that 
and paired with the MVP and everything else that he's done, do you think they end up retiring 19 at some point? Is that enough? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do because the Reds have not been retired number happy over their time frame, And actually they have even slowed down on hall of fame inductions mm-hmm. um, because they've, they've reached the point where there's a lot of guys from the eighties and nineties who are now in, and you've reached that like mid two thousands era reds where it's like, okay, um, Ooh, Aaron harangue. Let's go. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, it's like, okay. Um, Austin Kearns was here for like three years. He was pretty good while he was here. So I guess we'll put in Austin Kearns now. Like I I fully expect, because Jay Bruce just retired, I fully expect that whenever Jay Bruce is eligible, he'll go in. And I don't think that there will be more than maybe two or three inductees between then and now. I can't believe he played 15 seasons. I can. He was, I mean, Jay Bruce was... Very good for a long time. Did he get called up that early? Yeah, he did. I, he, I don't know why I forget. I don't know why I forget this. I always, I always get the delay on the call up of Homer Bailey confused with the call up for Bruce. And oh I don't no! Know why Bruce was young? Yeah. Uh, Bailey was not. Bailey was. I mean, Bailey was young-ish, but Bailey had, was specifically delayed. Yeah. Um, Team control. Love it. Yeah. I mean, if that being said, I mean, Homer Bailey. (laughs) (laughs) I still need to find the double uh, no-hitter bobblehead, which shouldn't be hard to, like, convince someone to part with it because he is relatively universally hated. uh, Sports gallery. Try sports gallery. Yeah, next time we make it down. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Also, the NFL draft is going on. (laughs) <laughs> so how how it's, uh how you doing there johnny um i'll <laughs> let you know by the end of the weekend <sighs> aaron Rodgers might not be a packer by monday morning and if that's the case i may take my talents to some other goddamn franchise and just if i'm going to be in pain i might as well be in pain to start over so you're you're saying that you're gonna join the Chicago Bears bandwagon since you're there now? There's statute of limitations <laughs> on relocating my fandom. Um, I'll still be a Packers fan, but like that one's gonna hurt, especially if the way it's been going on, the way that they've treated him, the way that they have refused, outright refused to continuously surround him with what he wants. They let go of Jordy Nelson. They let go of Randall Cobb. They like, it's doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because nothing I say is going to make a difference. We have no control. This is one of those things that I'm learning to let go of. Is that like angst over sports? When I have zero influence on the decisions being made, they don't give a shit about us. (laughs) They really don't. <laughs> it's it comes down to the bottom line, which is something Reds fans are very familiar with. So it's just I'm willing to might just be a Jags fan. I don't know. I I might just take everything and just go to a team that sucks. 
Well, and I, I think what's interesting about the whole Aaron Rodgers thing is it's been years coming, like literally for years, like every year they're like, wow, Aaron Rodgers is pissed because they once again drafted, you know, like a linebacker in the first round. Or was it last year or the year before they drafted Jordan Love? Last year. But that's not even the problem. The problem is that the players that they are taking with their first round picks don't pan out. Well, not only do they not pan out, but they don't even fill a direct need. Like Jordan Love wasn't even the backup quarterback last year. He wasn't even the backup. So your first round pick was not even on the team. That's not where you that's not what you spend a first round pick on. You spend a first round pick on a guy that can be put on to the field and make a difference. Exactly. And they didn't do it. And not only that, but they took it into a position where your best player is already there. They're like, oh, Rogers, you know, he's kind of on his way. And then he turned around and won the MVP. So congratulations, your first round pick, once again, was a waste of space. And it it just I there was so many playmakers still available late last year that they could have done something and given him another weapon. Everyone's like, oh, but Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not saying this to be disrespectful to Devontae. I love the talent, but Aaron Rodgers historically has probably made fringe good players look better than they are. Because Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, what did they do after they left the Packers? You know what I mean? It's it's one of those things where he's literally an all-time talent, and it is disgusting that they have had him for the number of years they have. Dude has won a single Super Bowl. One. Yeah. One Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I just, it's, oh, man. He's only... Been it's been to, stick in my craw for a while. He's only been to two, right? Has he only been to one? I feel like I'm going to screw this up. No, because they lost to the 49ers. They've been to like five NFC championship games. Yeah. I. It's just, oh man, I don't know. It's it's a disgrace. There's There's no other word for it. I mean... The, and what you're going to find really funny is that Aaron is represented by the same agent that represented Carson Palmer the year that he forced his way out to Oakland, severed his ties. Was it Arizona or Oakland? Oakland. Was it? He, he ended up in Arizona though, right? A couple years later. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It's just one of those things, man. Like I, 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 I love Aaron. I mean, someone tweeted an image of him in a Patriots jersey, and they're like, get ready for the most hated team of all time. All they're missing is Jim Cornette in the booth. And I was like, man, I would actually be down with that. Like, that's that's like, that's like some legendary heat for a franchise. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Um, day three is today. It'll be curious to see kind of once you get down into, like, these are the make-or-break picks now for a draft. We're like – you get a steal or you just waste another pick and you're seeing teams trade up, trade down because maybe they know that there's not the type of talent that they're looking for or a need that they have. Um, 
This is this is I, I love the late rounds. I love seeing the wheeling and dealing in late rounds of drafts because it's showing where teams are at and if they're willing to like overpay. So we'll see what happens. I know the I know the Bengals had a pretty good first two rounds. Yeah, uh, the, a lot of people were saying that their tackle they took in the second round was a bit of a reach pick, um, but meh. You know, they he, they apparently he apparently is who they were targeting the whole time. So being able to move back eight spots, get exactly the guy they were targeting, and pick up two more fourth round picks, I'm fine but with it. It's, that's what kills me is that people saying that it's a reach, but if it fills a need, that's not a reach. <laughs> if your team needs a catcher and there's no catchers coming through the pipeline, there's no free agents coming up, but there's a catcher in the second or third round that maybe doesn't go until the fourth. Okay. But there's going to be other teams targeting that catcher in the fourth. So why not fill the need and then worry about the rest down the Like, it's just, I don't know. That's a preposterous approach. And I mean, it's, I get it, but I mean, there's no more, there's, no one is more full of shit than a sports writer, sports journalist. It's they, they it just I've stopped following any of those people because I don't care anymore. Um if if it fills a need and it prevents cars <laughs> if it prevents Joe Burrow from being an organ donor by the end of his second season, then it's a good pick. <laughs> yep. So, we'll see what happens. And Greg, I am so sorry we have just bored you to death with this crap. But now we get to turn around and do the same to Richard because you and I watched a film this week (laughs) that Richard did not. Oh, wow. So on the Greg scale, Richard gave this, I didn't watch 15 minutes. Yeah, so I I was... Looking for time to watch it uh, throughout the week, and I planned on watching it last night, and then I got this random text message. And (laughs) it basically said, please, for the love of God, don't watch this movie. (laughs) Um, And at the same time that I was thinking about watching it, I saw a message on the Instagram uh, from Dave Grohl's Instagram account saying that his new documentary was out on Amazon. So I watched that instead. And I'll talk about that here in a minute. Go ahead, guys. (laughs) So, Greg, you and I watched. Richard brought up a good point about one of the actors in this film. Um, Just to preface last week on the episode, we discussed watching Thunder Force with Melissa McCarthy, and I always screw up this woman's name. Octavia Spencer. Thank you. I keep thinking Doc Ock, and I feel horrible about it. She'd be a great Doc Ock. Um, Jason Bateman's in this as well. Um, Palm Clementif is in this too, which caught me by surprise. Because I was sitting there, and I was like, wait a second, why do I hear Mantis? So apparently the voice she uses in Guardians of the Galaxy is not a bit voice. That's just how she sounds when she talks. Because Palm Clementif sounds like Mantis. Which is really weird if you think about it. Because that seems like a style of speaking that would probably drive me nuts after about five minutes. Um, 
This is a Netflix-produced film. It was actually directed by Melissa McCarthy's husband, who has a bit role in almost every film she is part of. Not a bad thing. Um, He's also the gentleman that played the Air Marshal in Bridesmaids, if you're wondering. Air Marshal John is her husband, and he also had a role in this film as a henchman. Um, I I, want to get Greg's rundown of this film before I get into kind of how I felt watching this. Because I want to give like a clean slate and give Greg (laughs) open, open dialogue here on this film. So first of all, Greg, we were wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I figured that out at the pretty beginning quick. Of, of beginning of the show. <laughs> yes, I like oh, I know where this one's going. Prepared uh-huh. to finish this. Like, luckily, I was doing other things while I was watching it because this one right. was a rough one to watch. Yeah, um, good lord, the writing, uh, the Jason <laughs> Bateman part. I was just like, no. It's like, am I am I taking crazy pills here? Like nobody recognizes this. He's got freaking claw alarms. You know, like oh yeah, he's a bad guy, and then he's just walking around. Like, why don't you arrest him then? I mean, what he's just a crab. You catch us all the time on the on the beach. What what, what are you doing here? These idiots. Uh, Did know, this I feel just, more parody than anything to you? I thought I was like I thought I was taking crazy pills because of the way that. I don't think it was parody because what it was, what is it parrying? It's, you know, I I thought it was just playing on superhero tropes, like superhero films themselves. Right. But you got to do something then better than what they did. Like there was just too many parts that were just, (laughs) why am I I will admit I laughed in the scene of the supermarket where Bateman runs off screen but he actually yeah. clacks his claws and runs sideways like a crab. Yeah. Like, it was so bad. It was, so, yeah. it was so bad that I had to laugh. So basic synopsis, it's Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCarthy are friends from elementary school. And moving forward, there's like, <laughs> it's it's such like stereotypical writing where like they're best friends. There's a fracturing of the friendship. Fast forward 20 years, they become friends again. One of them's successful, one of them's not. And through a wacky series of events, they become superheroes. All right. Um, it... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not really a lot you can discuss with this movie, I think. It, because it's granted... it that bad. They had cheap laughs. There was cheap laughs. I did kind of chuckle a couple times. I mean, it was... I honestly felt like they were playing on the superhero stereotypes and, like, things that happened in superhero films. And I just, like, I don't know, given the... I think the shocking thing here was Octavia Spencer being part of this. Because she has done some, like, incredible work in film the last few years. And it really threw me off that she, 
I don't want to say would like tarnish her reputation, but this did her no favors. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy can probably take the hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, this is like this is like Joey Janela going over Darby Allen, and I'm annoyed. Okay, so let's let's yeah. take a quick look at their filmography in recent years. Uh, so. God, Octavia Spencer actually has a really interesting filmography because it's kind of all over the place. Uh, but let's just look at the last like three or four years. Um, she was she had a she was an executive producer on Green Book. She was in Instant Family, which was that Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne movie. Love that movie. Uh, she was the self-titled Ma in Ma. Uh, she was in Doolittle. She oh, she was Corey the Manticore in Onward. Mm, um, yeah. she was the grandma in The Witches. That. Uh, she was in Super Intelligence in a voice role, and then she was in this. So yeah, I mean she's she's had some some movies in the last few years. Like she hasn't done anything that's really like bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> Until now. <laughs> now let's let's compare that real quick with Miss McCarthy. Oh God! Now Melissa McCarthy was a producer on this movie. <laughs> uh, however, it was written and directed by someone named Ben Falcone, who happens to be the spouse of Melissa McCarthy. Yep. Um, that's how I got. That's how I got made. What yeah. else did Ben Falcone direct and write? You ask. The Melissa McCarthy starring Tammy. The Melissa McCarthy <laughs> starring the boss. Oh God. Um, the Melissa McCarthy starring Life of the Party. <laughs> and the Melissa McCarthy starring Super Intelligence. So uh, this actually is kind of funny because um, we were talking a little bit about where Miss Melissa McCarthy's career has gone in the last few years. That's what kind of led us to this. <gasps> yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> and it's and it's kind of interesting because Melissa is. I mean, she's an actress who who really hit it big with Bridesmaids. I mean, don't get me wrong. She was getting somewhere with Mike and Molly. Like, Mike and Molly she's was... really a, funny. Yeah, it was a well-received show. But without Bridesmaids, I fully believe that she would be on her own version of I Heart Abishola right now, like the dude who played Mike. And that's not saying a negative thing. I've watched a few episodes of I Heart Abishola, and it's a fun show. Um... But there's a difference between being on a CBS sitcom and headlining your own movies two to three times a year. So looking at Melissa McCarthy in the last few years, let's go with 2018 on. She did Life of the Party, The Happy Time Murders, Can You Ever Forgive Me, The Kitchen, Super Intelligence, and Thunder Force. And, I, you know, we've had this conversation Basically, everything with Melissa McCarthy seems to have gone wrong career-wise starting at Ghostbusters. Yeah. 
She did Ghostbusters in 2016, and she didn't do anything for two years. And then when she came back, she did Life of the Party, which did okay. It did $65 million on a $30 million budget, which, you know, making double your budget's not a bad thing. But when you compare that with her previous role to Ghostbusters, which was the boss, you know, she did $80 million. And when you compare that with Spy, which was right before that, she did $235 million. And everything post-Ghostbusters has underperformed. So what it feels like to me is that Superintelligence and Thunder Force was her trying to work her way back into being, you know, the character Melissa McCarthy that she played in everything. So that being said, out of five stars. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no, child. Yeah, this doesn't this one doesn't get star rating. Don't you don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't this... you put that evil on us. <laughs> so th- th- this just falls into the dud category. I just feel like I feel like I watch Bridesmaids so often that it's easy for me to forget that like she's had a body of work that is not great. And I, 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 it kind of got me to wondering, like, are there other actors where there's just a role in a film that you've like seen? And so when it, when they come up in something else, you're like, oh man, I got to see this because so-and-so is in this, even though this film is 15 years old. Almost like a rope-a-dope situation where it's like, ha ha, got you again. God damn it. Well, yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, I... If I see a movie and I really like it, I I will get attached to an actor enough that I will follow that actor. And, uh, you know, one example of that is actually, um, since we're talking about that that era and style of movie, uh, The Hangover. I really love The Hangover, the first one. Um, Now, the subsequent sequels did work very hard to kill my love for that. Um, Mm -hmm. But... You know, I, I started watching everything that Ed Helms did. Why? I love Was the office not enough of a warning? I loved Ed Helms in The Hangover. And it was just like, okay. Um, huh. Okay. And then after a little while, it's just like, okay, I, I don't necessarily need to watch everything Ed Helms does. Greg? Yep. Do you have an actor like that where you saw something with them and then like after that you're like, man, I really got to see this with this actor. And then you're like, they're really not that good. No, uh, no. It takes me a while to put an actor in that spot. Okay. So like, like, like Denzel Washington, I'll watch anything he makes. Um, there's a few of them. like, I like oh, Michael B. Jordan is getting there. Yeah. I really like the way that he did, did Creed. Like mm-hmm. I just thought it was a really good show. Or good, good movies. Um, I'm just drawing a blank on the other ones now. Well, I mean, let's let's just toss out another one from The Hangover. I know a lot of people fell in love with Zach Galifianakis as a character actor for a little while there. And I yeah. and I 
The funny thing about Zach Galifianakis is I feel like it took two movies for nothing. people to fall There's out of There's nothing funny. There's nothing funny about Zach Galifianakis. But I, I feel like it took two movies for people to fall out of love with him. They watched him, and I know I did, in Due Date, and they were like, okay, this is very same annoying. It's the same character, but it's somehow more annoying. And then I never, I, I, that was actually pretty much it for me, but there were a lot of people then watched the campaign with Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell. Dinner for Schmucks. Was he in Dinner oh. for Oh, yeah, he was in Dinner for Schmucks. Oh, my God. If if you need to see, like, just, no. No. That's another no. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> um, no, I, I get that. I think mine, and this might come as a surprise, but given the films that followed the ones that made me a fan, uh, John Cusack, man. I high fidelity gross point blank. He had some films that were just so great. And since then it's been like 1408, the Iceman. Like it's, uh, he's, and not only that, but he's also kind of been not a great person either. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just his, his films since those like nineties and early two thousands have not been, worth a damn and it i fall into the same thing where i'm like q saxon gotta see it terrible decision i regret every single time i've done that uh you know what one actually ended that for me well i'm not gonna say i saw everything he was in because there was a decent amount of stuff he made in the mid 2000s that i just had very little desire to watch like Mm -hmm. uh uh runaway jury no i'm fine ice harvest no i'm fine um, but I still paid attention to everything he was in. Like if he was in something, I wanted to know what was going on with it. Uh, and the one that really kind of murdered it for me was 2012. <laughs> I hated that movie. I hated that movie with passion. I thought it was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Um, no, I, I, I saw that, and then after that, the only other movie I think of his that I've actually seen was Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> I did love Hot Tub Time Machine, but I mean, I there is nothing he's done since then that has really given me any amount of interest. No, and for me, that's pretty much been. I just like I've learned my lesson, and I think I've now learned my lesson with. McCarthy, I just it's 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 time. Thank you for what you did. Goodbye. <laughs> so I don't know. It's I, I I tried to save the both of you. Um, sorry, Greg. Yeah. But I mean, I think you and I were both like, man, we love Bateman, we love McCarthy. Like this has to be good. But like, then we really have to think: Do we love Bateman enough? to watch him as like a supporting role or do we love Bateman from like arrested development? Do we love the Bateman from Ozarks? Do we love Bateman from horrible bosses? You know what I I mean? Like Bateman signed a contract on this one. Like he's like, I I have to do a Melissa McCarthy movie. Oh, I wonder if it was part of his Netflix deal though with Ozarks is that he has to like 
pick two or three films that he'll be part of. Well, but, okay, like, but there's no way he no way he read that script and thought it was going to be great. But okay, but look, we're, <laughs> I think you guys are giving a little too much credit to Jason Bateman here. There, Jason Bateman has starred in stuff with Melissa McCarthy. So mm-hmm. it, it could be that he literally got a pitch and they were like, we want you to be in this Melissa McCarthy superhero thing. And he was like, that'll be fun. And just signed on. But then he read the script. And he's like, "Oof, I already signed on. <laughs> I feel like he's smart enough. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Look at it's... his choice. Like, it, you have Jason Bateman's. Uh, I do. I'm DB put up. I do. They go through his last four years. Uh, he has not worked that much in the last four years, actually. No. The last thing that he's <laughs> released by way of a movie was Game Night. Uh, and that was funny. in 2018. But I shouldn't that say he funny. hasn't worked a lot. He has, but he's done a lot of television. Mm-hmm. Um, he did Ozark. I mean, he spent a lot of time in Ozark. So. Yeah, he he's done Ozark. He did something called The Outsider. Um, he has done a bunch of stuff with, uh, various executive producing, um, film wise, his choices have been, you know, pretty good. Um, he was in central intelligence. He was in Zootopia. He was in office Christmas party. Um, shit was funny. He was in something called the family fang. I've never heard of. He was in the gift. I mean, he doesn't. Uh, Movie-wise, he doesn't work that much. Yeah. Um, But that being said, I mean, like, this is a guy who also was in a comedy about um, spelling bees called Bad Words. I feel like I saw that and it was actually funny. And it very well might be. But, I mean, this, this may literally just come down to him being like, oh, I love Melissa McCarthy. I'll join that film. (laughs) <laughs> yep, but he wants that one back. <laughs> In retrospect, he's like, probably not my best decision. Yeah, but he. But, but here's the thing with with him though, I don't think he's making that call all the time. Yeah, like he, you don't go five movies in a row where they're just dumpers. I don't think he does. So. No, and he probably doesn't. And if we're if we're looking at his IMDb, um, I don't think he has ever gone five movies in a row that are dumpers. I don't necessarily think that he's gone more than like two when they were that you would just call just not very good. Yeah. Um, but that being said, you know it happens. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so well, you all watched that. I watched a movie of my own, uh, which is the Dave Grohl documentary, What Drives Us. Uh, it is specifically a documentary about van touring. Um, and it's it was interesting. Uh, they had a lot of early Foo Fighters and early... Um, early video of various bands uh, doing their van tours. Uh, and they interviewed just an absolute ton of rock legends. Um, I There were some of these people that I was not really that aware of. Um, 
but then there were other ones that I learned a decent amount about and, and some that I just, you know, I was just thrilled to see. Um, like they, they actually had Ringo Starr as one of the people in there. Um, they had Slash with uh, Duff McKagan. Uh, they did interviews with Pat Smear, Steven Tyler, Lars Ulrich. Um, a bunch of people whose name I probably wouldn't recognize that well. Um, but I knew the band. Um, Flea was on there. Taylor Hawkins was on there. Brian Johnson from ACDC was on there. Um, it was, it was really, really interesting to watch. Um, I, I did not know enough about the germs to know what Pat Smear had endured. It was, it was a, um, it was a very interesting look into some stuff that I had not really, um, thought about or heard before. Um, and I do recommend it. If you're a fan of, basically like late seventies, early eighties punk rock, or if you're a fan of, you know, eighties, nineties rock, um, there's a lot in it for you. Um, yeah, I, I I'm going to go and say pretty high recommend on it. Um, it is on Amazon. Now the part I didn't realize is it's on Amazon through one of the sub subscription services. Oh, okay. um, but you can get a seven day free trial, uh, of the service. So you just go on, you click, you'll have you sign into your Amazon account and approve the seven day free trial. And then you watch it and then you cancel right afterwards. <laughs> also known as what I do for everything ever. Yeah. Well, like my, uh, actually my mom came to me and she's like, Hey, uh, the kids want to watch this new SpongeBob movie. I keep seeing advertisements for but it says it's on Paramount Plus. What channel is that? I'm like, oh yeah, about that. That's not a channel. That's an app. And she knows what apps are. Like she watches Netflix and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, I don't want to have another service. And it's fine. Uh, there's a seven day free trial, and it started. Go ahead and watch it, and we'll cancel at the end of seven days. So anyway, um, yeah. Big, uh, big recommend on uh, what drives nice. us. Uh, Dave Grohl's got another documentary coming out at the end of the month, um, and it is actually about Dave and his mom. It releases on Mother's Day. Nice, um, and I think that's on yet another service. Of course, it is. I almost feel like he's starting to get ready to like transition. You know what I mean? I, I feel like they've been kind of like between the studio sessions that they did for Sonic Highways and all that kind of stuff. I feel like he's getting ready to just move into a different role now. And I honestly think it was in light of when he broke his leg, realizing that like he can't do this forever. I don't. And I almost wonder if the reality of the situation is starting to settle in where like they could just do a six ballpark concert series once a year and make enough to get him through. I almost wonder if he wants to go into the studio and produce more than anything and be in that kind of role. I don't think that you'll get that impression after watching what drives us. Cause it's really a love letter to performing on stage. Uh, and there's so hopefully their next album isn't awful. <laughs> well, 
I was I was not a big of the new one, man. No, I, Their I, most recent album's not great. I liked it well enough, but that being said, you know, not every album's for everybody. Um, that's true. But no, uh, yeah, he um, it, this 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 documentary is really a love letter to performing on stage. But I, I do feel like he seems like he's someone that always has to be busy, and. Yeah. I don't think that you can necessarily tour for 12 months out of the year in particular now. Um, and you don't make music for 12 months out of the year, every year either, you know, you do an album every other year, every two to three years. So he does seem like he's branching out and doing a lot of other things. I mean, this is, I want to say already like their third documentary, because there was one with Sonic highways and there was one with, um, oh God, I can't remember it. The, the, it was that uh, studio that they recorded in, in like Nashville or whatever. Um, mm. Big name studio, right. and I can't think of the name of it now. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it, he's done a lot of really interesting stuff as like side projects. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he's got a book coming out later this year. Um, he definitely seems like someone who does have his hands in a lot of pots, but I don't think that that means that you're going to see the Foo Fighters slow down anytime soon. That being said, Pat Smear, I looked it up. I didn't realize he's actually 62. So I guess at some point Pat's going to be like, Hey guys, um, maybe you need another guitarist. That's <laughs> very likely, but we'll see. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I may check that out this week. Um, um, which brings up another good point. I need Greg to give us a recommendation this week because I have done very poorly. Just real quick. The uh, next one that he's releasing is called cradle to the stage. Uh, And it is actually, believe it or not coming out on paramount plus. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a, it is a series and it's uh, musicians and their moms. Okay. And Johnny, this will interest you. The last episode, Getty Lee and his mom. That's crazy because, like, Getty Lee ain't a spring chicken. <laughs> that'll be that'll be that'll be good, man. That's he's a fun little bit. I I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Blue Jays announced they were no longer doing radio broadcasts. They were going to simulcast the audio from their TV. I saw that yeah. feed, and Getty Lee came out and shat all over the Blue Jays organization for it, which is crazy because that man has been a season ticket holder since like 1981. So he's big, big Blue Jay guy, but he is none too happy with the fact that they have eliminated their the radio broadcast side of things for the Jays, which. For me, sucks too because that's how I kind of came around to being a Jays fan as a kid. Like we didn't watch it on TV; it was going camping in national parks with my grandfather, laying in the camper on a little like wind-up powered radio, listening to the Blue Jays broadcast. Well, I mean, let's be completely honest here. How much money are you actually saving by doing that? It's, I mean. By way of, we're talking about something where they get radio rights. So there is a radio station or multiple radio stations in the Toronto area that are paying them money for these rights. 
Plus, you know, MLB, I'm sure, has to pay them through the bat deal and all that other stuff. So they're making money. You know, what does it cost to hire two decent announcers to call the games? I'm not talking about going out and getting, uh, you know, a, a Marty Brenneman and Cowboy Jeff Brantley, but, you know, hiring a former A's player who does color probably somewhere in the minor leagues and a, another play-by-play man, you know, it, I can't. I can't imagine it costs a million dollars to run that. Yeah, there it's, it is symbolic of their business approach since Rogers communications took over ownership of the blue Jays. So it doesn't, it doesn't shock me. Um, yeah, man, it's, and for people to be like, oh, no one listens on the radio anyway. I was like, you're nuts if you don't think people still have baseball on the radio. Like, you're absolutely crazy. I guarantee people still, and a great number of people still, listen to the games on the radio. I, I listen to more games than I watch at this point. Yeah. Uh, if I'm at work and there is a day game on, I will have it on on my phone. Um, yep. If I'm in the car and there is a game on, it'll be on the radio. Um. I listen to a lot of games. So, I, I mean, yep. I could be wrong. Maybe the ratings don't justify that, but I have a feeling they're still making a damn good amount of money from radio rights. And eliminating that is just honestly stupid. It is. But welcome to Blue Jays baseball. Um, so, Greg, <laughs> most of this episode has been things you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Yeah. This this was pretty much the 10k calorie burrito again. That's those are the bad episodes for Greg. That's what we're going to call them from now on. This was a burrito. Yeah. Hold <laughs> so, on, 10,000 10, calorie burrito because I like burritos. In general, oh, okay. It's not Sorry, I miss I, I miss I mislabeled you as a burrito hater. I will I will redact that statement in the future. Um, <laughs> do you have something that we can watch this upcoming week? Um, well, the most stuff I'm like, I watched Shadow and Bone, and then I watched um, Attack on Titan, the anime. That's all I've been really watching lately. And the, I wanted to watch okay. the um, the new Michael B. Jordan movie, the Without Remorse. No remorse. No, right? Or is it without remorse? It is without remorse. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, I was I looked through that, then I saw the reviews on Amazon. Yeah. It doesn't look good, but I, I'm on the I'm on the border of watching that because he hasn't earned the right like Denzel has. Mm. Okay, so Richard, would you watch Shadow and Bone this week? Mm, maybe. With all the crap you make me watch, I get a maybe. <laughs> when is the last time I even had you watch something? I don't know. Pick one. DC Universe. Yep. <laughs> Justice League? The Snyder Cut? Yeah. WandaVision? WandaVision. I blame that on you. <laughs> me? Oh, me? Yep. How am I getting the blame? That doesn't it's even make sense. really easy. Hey. <laughs> it's not logical. It might be easy, but it doesn't make sense. 
<laughs> okay, so we'll uh, we'll try to watch Shadow of Bone this week. Okay. I don't know how I'll try to get through the book. I, say, I don't know how you're going to watch it, considering you haven't even started the book yet. <sighs> I know what I'm doing for the next few days. Going to spend some time in the sun reading a book. I watched all all six episodes in a day. So, okay. How long are the episodes? Ooh, good question. I think they're like 45 minutes. Okay, that's fine. I'll tell you in a second. Johnny, can you uh, can you take us out here when we end by singing a rendition of your hit song, Amish Paradise? <laughs> can you take us out with a rendition of I'm going to break your face with a baseball bat and then dance on the teeth like a tap dancer? Oh, sorry. There's eight episodes, <laughs> by the way. Okay. So about 45? 45 to 52 in that range. I just checked. Okay. Uh, outside of that, guys, anything else you want to touch on? Nope. Outside of that, keep living most of our lives living in I Hate Richard's Face. Send him home. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs>